funny because people associate stripping with like being like down and it, it sucks you in, which of course it has the capacity to do, but normally it's like, oh, stripping's degrading women. It's because they, they can't get their shit together why they strip, but actually stripping helped me get my shit together in a time that I needed it. You are listening to the Wild Soul Podcast, a podcast for the wild ones. Join me, your host, Queen Namaste, as we embark on a journey to find our true north and our own unique path. From wild, inspired conversations to searching for life's hidden gems and meanings with a little dash of crazy in between. Because really, who doesn't want to dance to the beat of their own drum? happy hump day welcome to the wild soul podcast i am your host queen namaste and if this is your very first episode tuning in welcome this is the podcast that we talk about all things wild i interview people from around the community and the world who are just elevating the consciousness and i'm so stoked for this episode today if you are not new welcome back i've got a little treat for you and Today I interview Lauren, and Lauren is a stripper. Ooh, taboo. But she's the coolest freaking stripper that I have ever met, and I've met a few strippers. So, um, and we came across each other on Instagram. Obviously, how else do I find anybody on the planet? Thank you, Instagram. And her story is really empowering. It's really awesome, and it just gives a new light to the industry and stripping and she is helping not only other strippers boss babe up by helping them create more money online but also anyone else who wants to hustle and make bank like a stripper if you can hear that tiny little that's my bestie's baby in the background her name is destiny and i'm hanging out with her right now we're babysitting so yeah, but you're doing pretty good. Hey, Destiny. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm super stoked and excited for you all to hear this episode. And you are going to fall in love with Lauren because I did. And I know you will too. Uh, she also has a podcast too. So go ahead and check her out. Hustle Like a Stripper podcast. Uh, let's just get into it because this is exciting and she's got good shit to say. So Without further ado, here is Lauren. Okay, I literally have so many questions for you. Yay! I can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm so curious about everything. Oh, I am so excited. This is awesome. (laughs) So, okay. Lauren, welcome to the Wild Soul Podcast. I'm so pumped for you to be on this show. I'm so excited. (laughs) Hi, babe. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so happy that you wanted me on and to meet all of your amazing audience. I'm so excited. (laughs) I feel like they're going to love you because I love you. So, and if they don't, they can GTFO. (laughs) (laughs) Said like a true Gemini woman. I love it. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so Lauren, the question that I always ask my guests when they come on is who, like, who are they? So who is Lauren? Well, 
shit, who isn't Lauren? That'd be a shorter answer. Now, <laughs> what's up, Luscious Faves? My name is Lauren Allen. I am the host of the Hustle Like a Stripper podcast. I am a stripper, obviously. Couldn't deduct that with uh, context clues, right? Yeah, I'm a stripper. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a mindset coach. Basically, my goal is to teach the world what it means to hustle like a stripper and infuse an industry, the sex industry, which is usually full of like competition and lack and scarcity. And, you know, it's always been like this really dark mystery to people. I want to infuse light, love, positivity, strategy, and just law of attraction and manifestation, all of these things. I want to bring it into the industry and also show people what it means to hustle like a stripper. So bring the industry into the outside world. That's really my goal. I love teaching people how to, you know, make their mind a nice place to live and deal with feelings as they come and really own their fucking authentic power and be unapologetic about that shit. That's what I'm here to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I love it. I love it so, so much. Hells, yes. Powerful women are going to change the world. Woo. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you are in Florida, correct? Yes. Were you born in Florida? Yes. Born in Florida. Okay, repping, repping the Sunshine State. Awesome. <laughs> I went to one strip club in Florida, and that was in Miami, and it was the 11. The 11. <laughs> oh my God. So you went, you went right to like, to Miami, like the fucking capital of strip clubs. Like, oh, yeah, girl. I okay. Love so, no one knows about. I don't know if any. I love strip clubs. I love them so yeah. much. I went to a strip club for my birthday last year. I just find it amazing. Like, especially when the girls are super talented and they can really fucking work the pole. Like that shit's hard, and you need to be athletic. So good for you. And just like <laughs> a lot of like women are not comfortable, I guess, in their skin and confident in order to do that or you know take oh also <laughs> sorry I'm all over the place in um in the states you guys don't get fully naked do you it really depends this is what's interesting about the states is there's all of these different rules and regulations per state and within the states there's different rules per county so everyone has their own rules uh, normally yeah normally the majority of places you have to pick between two, which is you can be topless, like take your top off and have alcohol, or you can be nude, like fully nude, and you don't get any alcohol. But there's places like Atlanta and Miami and just, um, I know, can't think, probably places in Vegas, I'm assuming, where you can be fully nude and have alcohol. It really just depends. But it's, it's less common for girls to be fully nude and be able to have alcohol in the States. Like, like, uh, customers drinking alcohol, or are you drinking alcohol? Um, like, customers, or you, I mean, you can drink on the job, no one gives a shit, but, yeah, like, actually having it on the premises for people. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because yep. I went to a couple of strip clubs, I think it was in Vegas, and yeah, the girls didn't get fully naked, and I was like, what's going on here? Because in Canada, they do, like, it's just whatever, all the time, everyone's naked everywhere. Fucking Canadians, eh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, your cops are called Mounties, so I'm not surprised <laughs> that y'all are getting fully naked. <laughs> oh I never put that association. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, Lauren, we have to go all the way back, like, um, because I was reading a little bit of your website and you said you started stripping at 19 years old because you were like 
getting out of an abusive relationship or something. So um, my question, selfishly, and I'm sure other people are like, how exactly did you get into the industry and like what made you do it? And like, what do your parents think and et cetera? <laughs> oh yeah, like this, we'll just get into the nitty gritty, huh? Yeah, so I mean, pretty much through my whole life, I've always been like this, you know, like just really out there and open. Um, I always really loved wearing revealing clothes, especially like in high school. Like I was always really comfortable with my sexuality. So I've always just kind of been like this very open person. And what's funny is like when I was in high school, we would go to dances or, you know, go to parties. Everyone would be like, oh my God, you dance like a stripper. Like it was always like this running joke with my friends. Like you're going to become a stripper one day. And I guess asking you shall receive I suppose (laughs) yeah I got into the industry actually through a friend of mine I was in an abusive relationship for many years it was pretty much to the point where I didn't really have anything of my own I had no independence I was I was going from working like two to three jobs being in hair school you know doing hair on the side like being you know, really active with money and, you know, in school and everything to quitting all of my jobs and like barely showing up to hair school because I was just, you know, running off with my boyfriend. He convinced me to quit all my jobs. And I was just like falling into some, some bad habits, you know, like I really loved going to festivals and partying and doing all the drugs and drinking all the alcohol. And of course I'm like 19 at the time. (laughs) So that shit is just like super fun because you're not supposed to be doing it. And I pretty much hit a breaking point just towards the end of being in this relationship. And I, re- I really started to wake up and realize, and actually, you know, I'll credit like doing acid and having like these deep revelations. I'll credit that as a part of it. I really started to see where my life was heading and where I was going. And I didn't like it. I realized that I wasn't living life for myself. I was living it for somebody else. And this person had me under their thumb thinking that I wasn't worthy of anything, thinking that I didn't deserve money. You know, I remember him yelling at me because he was driving me to hair school. I remember him yelling at me because I wanted him to go to Burger King and just like get me like a veggie burger and a salad. Like I didn't have any money. And he like screamed at me for being so selfish because I wanted a veggie burger and a salad. You know, like just that's the kind of life that I was living or the reality that I was becoming accustomed to. And I, I just kind of reached my breaking point where I started to see where I was heading. And at this time, there was a friend that I'd known for a couple of years, this, this ex-boyfriend of mine, and she had started dancing and she told me about it. And she was like, Hey, you're always welcome to come and dance with me if you'd like. And all of this was happening at the same time, these revelations within myself. And I kind of got my, I got my chance because there was times when I tried to leave the abusive situation and of course did not happen um whether it be like through physical force or just through like the mental manipulation i always came back so there's probably like two or three times that i tried to leave and he actually left like went out of town doing whatever god knows what leaving town for a couple weeks we were just kind of transient like traveling around doing whatever and i got an opportunity to do hair at my friend's wedding. So I ended up taking all the rest of the money that I had. Like I was doing hair on the side and like starting to hide money from him, like really hoard money, like secretly. And I was actually on my way up to the panhandle of Florida, which is about eight hours from where I was living at the time. And he called me and he's like, Hey, 
you know, I really need some money. Like, you think you could send some to me? Because I think he figured out that I was hoarding money. And somehow, of course, he manipulated me into sending him the rest of the money that I had. And I told him, I'm like, all you have to do is just make sure that you get the money back to me before the end of the weekend, because I have to go home. I'm eight hours from home. You know, I don't have any money. Um, you know, like, I have to be able to get home. And of course, what do you know? I do hair at my friend's wedding. It was super fun. He shuts his phone off, doesn't answer. And I found out later through a friend that he was with that he lied about not having service. He just shut his phone off and ignored me. And it was really in that moment that I, I was about to leave and I had to sell like all of my clothes that I had. Like, I don't know if you guys have Plato's Closet in Canada. It's basically where you bring in like old clothes and you can get money for it. Like you can exchange money for it. So I did that with like all of my clothes. I went to like three different ones, like selling my clothes and just trying to make sure I had money to get home. And I thought back to that conversation I was having with my friend. She's like, you can always come join me at the strip club. And I'm like, you know what? I think it's about damn time that I do this. Cause I had tried mentioning something to him. And of course that did not go over well. You know, he's like, how dare you do that? Like, I can't imagine old men having their hands all over you, blah, blah, blah. And I just thought back to those conversations and it was like, it was like, dude, I have no money to my name. I'm fucking done. So I drove home, stopped um, in Tampa along the way. And my first night I made like seven or $800. And that was the most money that I'd ever seen in one sitting. And I actually like closed a champagne room, uh, like, which is like the top tier, you know, offering at a strip club, like for hundreds of dollars or whatever. Like I sold a champagne room my first night. Like I was a fucking natural. And I, and I just had that moment where I was like, dude, holy shit, this is the most money I've ever seen in my entire life. I really have an opportunity here. And from, I, you know, I went home and packed up all my shit, like left my ex-boyfriend and started on that journey. It was really, it's funny because people associate stripping with like being like down and it, it sucks you in, which of course it has the capacity to do, but normally it's like, oh, stripping's degrading women. It's because they, they can't get their shit together why they strip, but actually stripping helped me get my shit together in a time that I needed it. And yeah, it was really hard at first to be open about it. It's, it's something that's really taboo and everyone has generalizations about strippers or the way that we're, um, that people perceive us like through how we're almost character, um, where a caricature is made of us like in movies or TV shows. But I ended up telling my mom, um, I don't really talk to my dad much. That's a whole other fuck. <laughs> <laughs> my dad my dad liked going to the strip club so it's kind of weird because he frequented strip clubs a lot and like did you know got involved like in getting prostitutes so my dad is like all for sex workers so it's kind of weird that I'm a stripper now but I ended up telling my mom she was really you know she's like well I mean if you're making money and supporting yourself like go for it and she listens to my podcast and she's really supportive um, there are certain like family members or people like sometimes if I meet people and I don't feel like explaining myself, I'll just say that I'm a hairstylist. So there's still times where I don't feel like going into it with people and I don't tell the truth, but you know, if people ask me, like I'll talk about it. You know, I don't necessarily give up the information because sometimes I just don't fucking feel like seeing people's faces be like, oh, we have a live one. There's a stripper, you know, but I mean, I'm open about it, but at the same time, not 
not always, but yeah, generally the response is pretty positive. And especially I feel like the less of a big deal you make out of it, like you don't make it this weird thing, people will be more accepting if you do it confidently. So that's what I try and do. <laughs> you, you radiate confidence, I feel like. You're good on that one. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, so that's the, that's like only like the bare bones of the story, but that's the general gist of that. Yeah. Oh. So can you just like walk into a strip club and work there? Like, do you need a resume? Like, how does that work? <laughs> yes, you need a resume. I'm going to have to see some referrals. No, I need a letter of recommendation. No, it's different in every state, but in Florida, it's really fucking easy. There's certain parts, again, okay, so states have their own rules and regulations, and then counties have their own rules and regulations. So there are some places where you need a permit or you need a licensing. But most places in Florida, you fucking don't. You can just walk in. And if you have, like, a, an ID, a social security card, you can do it. Um, a lot of places do require that you get licensing or that, you know, you get some kind of permit. Um, I work in Vegas, so I got a sheriff's card and a license. So sometimes it can cost, like, a couple hundred bucks to get those things. But there's a lot of places that you can just walk right in and just work. Like, do you need – yeah, like, if you say – because – as Canadians, it's very hard to, like, get a job and work in the States, because, like, I don't know, it's hard, apparently. I haven't really tried, but they're like, yeah, you can't take jobs away from the Americans or whatever, so... <laughs> Fucking Americans, assholes, greedy-ass assholes, fuck. <laughs> like, people, like, do you keep, do they check, like, if you're American, and, like, you need to show ID or stuff, or, like, technically an immigrant from Canada, Canada could be like, hey, fuck it, I'm doing strip club. Hey, fuck it. Well, I am not going to um, encourage anyone to break the law, but are there places where they're not going to check? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, especially in Florida, we have a serious like population of like illegal immigrants coming from Mexico, Cuba. There's a lot of like Cuban, Hispanic girls coming into Florida. So there's a lot of times where I'm sure they don't really check or they have like fake IDs and they're just like, oh, okay, this is good. You know? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of that obviously happening. So I'm not going to encourage you to do it, but I'm also not going to say it doesn't happen. <laughs> okay. Next question. Um, fuck, I can't remember. My brain is going to poop right now. Um, Okay, so you work in the strip club, you were there when you were 19, and then you made a whole bunch of money, and then, okay, how old are you now? I'm 23. You're 23, and you're married. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, God, I know, it's kind of funny, right? Everyone's <laughs> like, oh, strippers are so promiscuous and wild, and I'm like the most boring married bitch in the whole world. <laughs> meet your hubby at the strip club no oh my god no oh that's actually I met my husband through my ex-boyfriend the one that abused me <laughs> my life is I got a great yeah just oh my goodness there's always a fucking story on top of everything in my life <laughs> yeah. that's amazing so and then he's obviously okay with you being a stripper yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's mainly down to building trust because, of course, in the beginning, there's always a little bit of resistance. And especially if people don't really understand 
what the industry is like and what the job is. I think a lot of times people group strippers into being a certain kind of way. Like I was saying um, earlier, it's like we're caricatures like in the media and in the way we're portrayed or the way that we're seen by people. So when people don't understand what the job actually is, which is a job, an occupation, you know, basically playing a role or, uh, you know, providing company or, you know, providing entertainment. I think that there is that fear like, Oh, are you just going to like the, the minute a guy like throws money at you, or are you just going to like go home with him? Or is his money better than me? Or is he better than me? Or you're always like so close to people, but in all actuality, it makes me appreciate my relationship even more. It makes me appreciate the love that I have more because I'm always seeing people that don't have love or they are unfulfilled in a lot of ways, or they're not getting the kind of love or emotional the emotional labor that they need or the kind of connection they need. So when I deal with people in the club, it actually makes me more grateful and more excited to go home to my husband. And he is so understanding. He's really supportive because he gets it. And I always tell him, like I tell him everything. So I think being open and building that trust, like through honesty is so important, which is what we've done. It just takes time, of course. And then he starts, to, he started to understand like, damn, okay, I see I see what you do. It's actually not as like glamorous or sexy as it's you know portrayed to be. It's just a job. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, that's good for him. And it takes, I think, a really insecure man. I mean, sorry, a really secure man. Takes a really insecure man. Absolutely. <laughs> a really secure man to just be like, yo, babe, go do your thing. Like maybe bump and grind on the on those guys, but I know you're coming home to me. Like that's really nice. Yeah, well, I think, too, it's also, like, for a man, especially, like, the way my husband sees it, like, my ex would get, like, really mad when guys would try and hit on me or, like, stare at me if I'm out in public. My husband's like, yeah, that's right. You like that? You like that? That's my wife. You know, he's like that. So I think he thinks it's, like, exciting that, like, all these guys want me and, like, throwing money at me, and then I come home to him. So... <laughs> So for some guys, it can be sexy. It's like that uh, territorial thing. Like, yeah, that's right. You can look, you can touch, but you can't have. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Aw, that's great. Yeah. So, okay. So you were 19 and you've been in the industry now. You're 23, so yeah, like four years. Yep. So um, what kind of made you want to go like the entrepreneurial route and like help change the industry like have, did you have experiences with like catty bitches and like them stealing your money or like does the club take a big percentage of what you make like talk about all that oh yeah well I think the main thing with dancing and wanting to go like the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial keep like fucking slurring my words I promise this is just coffee in my cup there's no Bailey's or Jameson I promise it's just coffee holiday over there oh that's right yeah we are so it's like it's still it's still Thanksgiving week and weekend okay let me live no <laughs> I think it is pretty amazing right I love this cup yeah so wanting to go the entrepreneurial route got it that time mainly because dancing has a shelf life I mean it is so hard on your body and it's so it's really hard psychologically as well. Like it takes so much, it takes so much out of you that it's not something that I want to do forever. I know a lot of people that have done it for decades and they have done really well and they love it. But for me personally, I see in my future that it's not a forever thing. Mm -hmm. So I've always wanted to help people. I've always had a drive 
to lift people up and, and help them find fulfillment. Like I've always been that kind of friend. Like I've always felt that I would make a really good therapist or a good coach because I'm always like hyping people up and, you know, just getting them excited and making them feel good. Like I love to hype people up. That's kind of my thing. So when I got into the industry, I just noticed like how much lack and scarcity there was like around the time that I got into dancing is when I started studying law of attraction and manifestation and I started applying it into the club and I noticed how quickly it worked because when you're in the strip club things are happening so fast time moves really fast there's always like a million different things like one minute is different from the next one hour is different from the next one day is different from the next so when I started applying these principles and using my spirituality that I had been you know working on and cultivating like through all of my experiences before I started dancing when I started applying it in the club I noticed how I started to magnetize certain people to me. I started making money really easily. And I realized that this is something that this industry needs. There is so much you know, competition. There's so much cattiness. There's so much insecurity. There are people that are living the lifestyle, but they're not taking the opportunity that this lifestyle awards them. You know, they're getting caught in drugs and in alcohol. They're always competing with other people. Nothing is ever good enough. Nothing is ever enough. So I just started to notice the attitudes of people around me and how it was just such a big cesspool of negativity. And I started my business. I actually started my like life coaching, like mindset business while I was dancing after I got out of a salon I was working in. Cause like I said, I went to hair school. I tried to do the hair thing, took a break from dancing. Wasn't for me. Didn't like it. Also very, very catty industry, rough on your body. I just love roughing myself the fuck up in every way. What can I say? Love it. Um, and I wasn't really honest about being a dancer or what it is that I do. So once I merged the two, like, like I took my business I wanted to create and the changes I wanted to make and talking about who I was, even though it was scary, that is when I started my podcast and I started reaching people that needed this message, the people that I wanted to help in the strip club that were dealing with negativity, that were surrounded by jealous people that didn't know how to harness their power, make more money or attract good people to them or, you know, set those strong boundaries, non-negotiables for themselves. So just being really open about who it is that I am and what it is that I do, I started to heal people in this industry, which is exactly what I wanted to do after seeing it and experiencing it. So that is what drives me is getting to touch people in that way so that they are on a different level and on a different vibration so that they can make more money. They can feel more fulfilled in the club and out. And then everyone around them starts to feel that and embody those principles and live that kind of life. So then everyone's happy, right? The people that come to the club are happier and more fulfilled. The people that are doing the work are happier and more fulfilled. And then that just keeps multiplying and keeps multiplying that collective consciousness. Yes, girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel you. hundred. Yeah. It's like the ripple effect. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. exactly. And like, yeah, maybe you give this, like this guy that's having a hard time, like a really great experience. And then like, say he's got a wife and then maybe he's like, you know what? Fuck. I got good, really good shit at home. And then like, it creates something else over that way, you know, like just all of it. <laughs> yes. So, that's me. Totally agree. <laughs> That's so cool. That And so when did you decide to do that? Like, were you in the industry for a couple of years and then you're like, Hey, this is affecting my, like my mental like clarity and stuff. And you noticed or. 
Yeah, I probably, like, my first year, I was, like, I was crazy. I've made every mistake under the sun. So that's why I feel like I can coach from a really deep place. Because when I was in my first year dancing, I did pretty much everything I advise everyone not to do. I drank at work. I did drugs at work. I spent all my money. I didn't save. I didn't, like, have a consistent schedule. So my first year was definitely me fucking up and being, like, 19, 20, you know? <laughs> I'm stupid. And then... My second year is when I was working in the salon, trying to do something that I thought that I should be doing or who I should be. And pretty much after my second year, like on and off dancing, like in the industry, that is when I started. So about halfway through my career is when I was like, okay, I can take my knowledge, who I am, what it is that I do well, my expertise, and I can use it to help other people because I see this need here. And if I've been able to change my life in these ways, how can I apply that to an industry that is in desperate need of these principles and of this, this shift, of this perspective and paradigm shift? Yeah, paradigm, 100%. Yeah. Super hard mm -hmm. paradigm. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, what the fuck's a paradigm? <laughs> it's like, oh, we've got, we've got some work to do, babe. <laughs> yeah, I'm still working on mine every day. It's, and it, and it's, interesting because people are like I feel in this day and age we have kind of like this microwave society where like it's we're gonna get it like super quick you know what I'm saying instant like, gratification that's a huge thing for strippers too we're so used to everything coming so fast it's like wait this takes time and work no <laughs> yeah. yeah so it's just like an, your mindset like didn't like just come about one day like it's like pro programmed through years and years so it's gonna take a while to like reprogram yourself to like attract abundance and manifest the life that you want oh yeah it's everyday work you know I have to I have to constantly keep my mind in check I constantly am remembering memories that I've pushed down you know I'm having to confront beliefs I feel like for me it's not that my limiting beliefs or any of those old paradigms or any of those old insecurities, they've never actually gone away. It's just the way that I interact with them is different or the way that I treat them is different. The way I feel about them shifts. They're not so strong and overpowering. You know, I feel like everyone's on this quest to like, you know, ascend and not feel anything or, you know, not experience any of these things. But it's, it's just a matter of dancing with them. I like to think of it as like a dance it doesn't necessarily you don't have to be at odds with these feelings or pretend that they don't happen or that they won't show up because shit shows up for me all the time it's just that I have enough tools in my toolbox to where I can deal with them yes yeah it's very important this day and age too that we need to have those tools and we need to like no one's gonna do it for us like we have to seek that knowledge and practice it like personal development I'm just like a geek about and I love it so much but it's helped especially going the entrepreneurial route like you need it oh yeah because I feel like you have to be a little crazy a little batshit insane to be an entrepreneur just saying <laughs> right I know it's like um what is that saying it's like an entrepreneur is willing to work 80 years or 80 years 80 hours a week because they don't want to work 40 <laughs> right like so fucking nuts what I love what I love about personal development too is that there's always more to do. There's always going to be more to do. It's always a process. And no matter how much work you do, there's always going to be room for improvement. So that's what I love about it is that there's no, 
there is no perfection with personal development. There is no like end, there's no end results, you know, because even when you reach your end result, there's still more to grow on. <laughs> yeah, another level, like always a new devil, something like that. <laughs> yes, always a new devil. Oh, I love that. <laughs> um, do you have any like uh, recommendations of like what helped you or like personal development people that you're really into? Like what's, what's that mm. in your life? Well, let's see, there is this book that I read right as I was kind of in the midst of all of my fuckery, and this helped me manifest pretty much everything in my life. It's really funny. It's a super simple book. It's called The Complete Idiot's Guide to the Law of Attraction, oh, and I, this book, like, totally changed my life, um, super easy to digest, like, really breaks down all of the principles and processes made it really easy to understand you know complete idiot's guide it's like <laughs> i love that shit make it simple right um let's see i like i followed angie lee for a long time manifestation babe for a while but the thing about me is sometimes when i follow other people too closely i start to compare myself and i start to it doesn't absorb the same way like i'm too busy worrying about like how I match up to them or how how I can do better than them or why they're better than me so sometimes when I follow people too closely like listen to their podcasts or read all of their content all the time I, I start it starts to do the opposite effect on me where it's it's harming me more than it's helping me so recently honestly I've kind of been like just really staying in my own lane and focusing on my own inner voice. So there was like a lot of people that helped me when I first started out or like when I was first like figuring out everything. But now I've kind of gone like radio silent on that end, honestly. Cause I was just trying to think, I'm like, who do I like listen to or like, uh, like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so I'm so happy you said that because I also do the comparison game like way too much and I know it. And it's just like, that's just going to fuck you up. Like, I loved how you said stay in your own lane. And what I find that I used to do and still kind of do, and I know other people do as well, is that they'll look to others for guidance, advice, whatever the case is. But it's like, really, deep down, we have that inner knowing and we, we know. And like, that is what our gut instinct is. That's what's called our intuition. And we really need to listen to it more instead of seek it. Um, through the outside of others, you know? <laughs> yes, I completely agree. I think it's, it's so, it's so great to have resources and have coaches or people that you look up to, like that is such a vital part, but there's also just like in life, there's seasons of everything, right? There's times where like, I want to invest and I want to take courses or I want to watch a lot of like interviews or listen to podcasts, do all those things. But then there's also times where you need to shut the world out. The world is so very loud at this point in time. So it's important to also find what you think because you know that everyone has a different strategy. Everyone has different offerings and everyone has a different agenda for why. So there's just so much happening out in this world. So when I get overwhelmed, but I still want to be learning and I, there's something that I'm interested in, I'll read books. Like I'll read a book or I'll do my own research into it. Like I'll do my own research, like with articles or with books or with, just something that may be outside of what I'm used to or who I usually follow or what's popular right now. I'll try and get away from that and find something that's a little less involved with where I am. Like I can't look at other like stripper mentor stuff because I start comparing myself and I'm like, how do I stack up? What did she do for her launch? Or how many people, how many people have bought her thing or how many like listeners does she have? Like, I don't even do it. Like I just don't even look. 
you know, it's just better for me personally. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing, but I guess it is. <laughs> it is. Okay. It is. Well, yeah, there's, it's not a super, there's not a lot, but there is. And the ones that do it are fucking amazing. So there's oh, a lot of amazing too. Oh, <laughs> you're not wrong, but. <laughs> Oh my god, I want to do the work. I want you to dance. So, so okay, yeah. Yes. Another question. So, how often do you work then? How often do you dance? So, it really depends. Uh, I usually try and shoot for like three or four days a week. Sometimes I go on work trips and it's longer. I'll do like five days. So I try to find. What is a work trip? You can just go to other um, places and just dance? Yeah. Just they, like go visit. Really? They're, you're just like, yeah, I, I dance here. Can I dance here tonight? Yeah. What? Yes. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> it's a cool ass job. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck was I doing when I was 19? <laughs> oh my God. So I was always like, yeah, I could do that. I could do that. I could do that. I'm like, nah. What if my dad came? You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm always worried because, well, like I was saying earlier, like my dad, it's funny because when I was a kid, like he would always come home, like smelling like this certain kind of smell. And I recognize it as a strip club smell now. So my dad was like one of those guys that was like going into the strip club. It's so weird to, to think you, about that. Are your parents still together? No. Okay. No, <laughs> no, no, it's just, yeah. Well, yeah. so, I mean, there's some uh, interesting dynamics there. Yeah. It's weird. I don't really talk to my dad anyway, but I feel like there's a part of me that doesn't talk to him also because I'm like, I know who you are, you know? <laughs> I've probably met you a few times in the strip club, oh. like not you per se, but like on that level. Yeah, I get that. Oh no. <laughs> Weird. Oh. Weird shit. What can you do? <laughs> you can go and travel like around the states and just dance at different clubs. Yeah, it's fun. It's That's fun. Cool. Definitely pushes you out of your comfort zone, like having to adapt to a new place and a, a new kind. Because of, every every part of the U.S. is so different. You know, you got the South, you got the West. You know, there's you got the Northern parts, the Midwest. Everyone, it's very different cultures everywhere. Yeah. Different, different kind of people. So it's kind of cool. <laughs> and so like when you go and dance at different clubs, so do they take a percentage of your tips or how does that work? It really depends. Again, everyone has different rules. Um, usually there's a house fee that you pay. So you pay to work. Usually it's between like 10 to $50, just depending on the time you get there. And some places will take a cut out of your dance money. So like there's places where they don't take anything ever. Like they just, they charge their own fee and then you charge whatever you want. Some places make you charge a certain amount and take a cut. Some people make you charge a certain amount and charge their own. So it really just depends. There's some places are better than others. Totally just depends. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So they, it's, it's kind of fucked because everyone can just make up the rules as they go along, you know, so it's annoying, but what can you do? Oh, so do you have like um, a place that you call like your home base or that you're there most of the time or do you always just change it up and go different places? Um, I've been going to Cocoa Beach a lot, which is like two hours from Jacksonville. I live in Jacksonville, Florida, but I haven't liked working there recently because they've been doing a lot of raids in the club. So pretty much like the cops go in and like they've been arresting girls for like sitting on guys laps or touching their arm. Crazy shit, like giving girls prostitution charges for that. 
I know. I know. It's pretty fucking crazy. So I haven't really been working there much. Um, I've been working in Cocoa Beach recently. So that's kind of been like my place I've been going more and more. Interesting. And do you have like regulars and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I have people that I've met and they come back for me and they like spending time. So it's cool. And do you do private dances? Yeah. Yeah. So there's like, usually at this club that I've been working at, there's like a dance area, but it's like full of other people. Like it's not really private, but there's a lot of places where you go and you have like a private dance area and you have a champagne room, which is basically like a little room with like a big couch in it and you can have champagne and hang out with people. Interesting. What? Yeah. Yeah. So there's different, there's different levels. Every club is different, but that's kind of like the tiers. It's like you have like, um, you can do floor dances, which is like just out there shaking your booty. And then you can do like private dances in a private dance area that varies. And then some places don't have champagne rooms, but a lot of places do really just depends. So do like, so like when you're on stage, like what is the feeling you get? Or like when you're doing a private dance, like what is going through your head? Like, are you like, fuck, this is annoying. I can't wait till this is over. This guy's really creepy. Or you're like, fuck yeah, I love it. <laughs> uh, it really, again, it totally depends. When I'm on stage, I just try and feel great. Just focus on this. And a lot of times, like, I play a game with myself, like a manifestation game, where I'm like, okay, if I had a thousand dollars in my wallet right now and someone was watching me about to give me another one and throw like a thousand dollars or like a thousand and hundreds on me right now, like how would I dance? Like how would I feel? So I try and like create that feeling in my body and dance as if that was about to happen. Like with that same kind of excitement. So that's how I try and feel. Does it work when you feel that way? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like I've noticed that when I focus and zero in on that, it does bring money to me very fast. Like when I really zero in on those feelings. And when it comes to dances, what I try and do is I really just try and, um, I don't know, I've been, I, I'm not, I don't do Reiki or anything, but I've been like doing energy work with myself. So I can kind of like, shh, like do that, do the, like with my hands, like sending people impulses and shit. I don't know how it works, but it does something. I don't really know. So I try and like breathe into people, like give them life force or like send them healing, like when I'm dancing for them. And I try not to, I usually don't like to dance for guys that smell or that are rude. Like I try and pick people and I'm kind of picky. Like I pick people that I actually get along with or that I like. Cause I'm like, you know, it's not worth money to dance for somebody that doesn't feel good to me. Right. Yeah. So interesting. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, Cool. And then, so yeah, you were talking about, um, manifesting money and stuff. So you have a course. Yes. Yeah. Talk, yes. About, yeah, talk about your course. Yeah. So it's called the Hustle and Honey's Handbook and it's kind of like a fucking crazy spiritual journey experience because my goal is to teach mindset, teach tools that will be applicable in the club and out and also teach manifestation and healing, like healing old money stories, healing limiting beliefs, finding what your patterns are, like really getting into the nitty gritty of who you are and just ways to move past certain blocks or get out of certain habits. So that's kind of the beginning is really like a lot of like heavy mindset manifestation and, you know, just figuring out, figuring out like your, your trauma and moving past it. Like a lot of hypnosis, a lot of meditation. And then I get into 
you know, running your dancing business, like a, like a six figure earner, like a six figure CEO. I do a lot of like mindset work around like imposter syndrome, comparisonitis, like a lot of these things that happen when you do have your own business. When you're a dancer, you are essentially your business. So just getting into stepping into the mindset of a CEO, what that means, what kind of attitudes you need to make that happen. And I have a whole section on like routines. I do a lot of journaling. So journaling for reflection before work, after work. Um, I also have like yoga, like workouts, like literally everything that, that I do to keep my body and my mind in tips, top shape at work, before work, after work, all of those things. Um, and then I get into sales strategy. So pretty much everything like negotiating, asking for money, just seriously, it's, it's everything that I wish that I knew before getting into stripping, before starting my own business. It's, it's everything. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's everything. It's no joke. It's literally everything. <laughs> That's amazing. And so what, um, how can people work with you? What, what do they do? They just message you? Yeah, so you can reach me at Luscious Lifestyle by Lauren on Instagram. I have a website. I need to do a lot of work to it, but I do offer one-on-one -on -one coaching packages um, from anywhere between one month, three months. You know, if you really want that intensive hot seat coaching, I'm always ready. I've also I've coached a lot of people that aren't dancers, so just female entrepreneurs, even people that aren't entrepreneurs just do a lot of like hypnosis, working around limiting beliefs and manifestation, like dealing with trauma, all of that. So you can find pretty much everything you need on Instagram. Drop me a DM, say what's up, tell me, tell me if you like this episode and if maybe something struck you a certain kind of way, I would love to hear from you, definitely. Yeah, oh my gosh. Um... Yeah, you're dope. I love you. <laughs> I love you. Yeah, I, love, awesome. I love the internet for this reason. You know yes. How would I have like, gotten to know you otherwise? Ever. I know. It's so cool. Like People all over the world, we just get to at the push of a button. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, one more question. If we could leave it on, like, what has being a stripper taught you? definitely taught me just to be unapologetic about who I am. Um, I'm not afraid to talk to anybody about anything. I've become really adaptable in social situations. I'm not easily intimidated by like certain situations or people. It's definitely just made me more confident all around, whether it be like sexually, physically, mentally, um, just in sales, like in business like after dancing now selling is really easy talking about money and pricing is really easy so honestly I, what hasn't stripping taught me fucking a it's it's been everything mind body spirit um definitely taught me a lot about being resilient through struggle now i'm not afraid of rejection i'm not afraid of like people saying no to me because bitch i hear that every day 20 million times in a row like what's up <laughs> Yeah. Oh my goodness, that is, you are, I just love you and I'm so excited for what's to come for you and like, oh, same here, thanks for sharing all your like stripper secrets and like honestly I'm like damn like if people are listening to this by then you're kind of like I kind of want to be a stripper now like you make it sound fucking dope. <laughs> like cause it is, come to the dark side, we have cookies <laughs> and lingerie, come on, and pizza. <laughs> oh my gosh, Lauren, thank you for coming on. 
Yes. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah, I want to have you on again and just like, I don't know, we'll talk more about more stuff. <laughs> yes, you'll have to be on the Hustle Like a Stripper podcast, even oh. though you're not a stripper. I have non-strippers on all the time, so. Okay. <laughs> yes, yes, this has been so fun. Yeah, it was. Lauren, thank you for coming on. You're an amazing soul. Namaste, sister. Namaste. Namaste, baby. Namaste. <laughs> yes. Hey, Luscious Babes. Thanks for listening all the way through. Can you please give this podcast a like, a follow, a subscribe if you enjoyed it? And follow the Wild Soul Podcast on Instagram at the Wild Soul Podcast and or follow my channel at queen.namaste.com. Wow.com. <laughs> you know, queen.namaste. And thank you so much for listening. We'll see you again next week. Wait, before you go, do you want to connect with like-minded peeps that are super cool and wild? If you guys do, there is a Facebook group for this podcast and for the people involved in my community. So if you want to be added to it, go search Wild Souls on Facebook in groups and answer some questions and you'll be added to an awesome community where you can again connect with others chat about whatever you want and just have a good old time so yeah see you in the group